0: starting is everything when it comes to fitness. You guys know I took a big break from working out last year because it can just get to be too much sometimes. And then it can be very scary to start again. But with Peloton, Peloton helps you start no matter what level you're at. And that's why I love it because I I do start from zero quite frequently. And that's okay. Wherever you're starting, there's thousands of classes to get you moving. Whether that's beginner or advanced rides, feel-good live DJ rides, or artist-themed rides, they've got something for you. Peloton bike instructors keep you motivated from day one. They'll show you the basics, help take the guesswork out of your workout, and encourage you to build from there. Peloton entertainment keeps you moving. Watch your favorite TV shows and live sports as you ride, perfect for those days when you don't want to miss a thing. Wherever you're starting, get moving with a Peloton bike or bike plus rental at www.onepeloton.com slash bike slash rentals. Terms apply. Did you know that the bold, smooth taste of Dunkin' cold coffee can be brewed in your Keurig coffee maker and enjoyed at home? You heard that right. Dunkin's cold K-cup pods were crafted to be brewed hot and enjoyed cold. Each Dunkin' cold K-cup pod is packed with the smooth, bold Dunkin' flavor you crave. Pick up a pack of Duncan's cold cake up pods and enjoy a Duncan cold coffee at home whenever you crave it. Just brew over ice and sip in seconds because the home with Duncan is where you want to be. Way's new anti-frizz cream provides immediate frizz control that lasts up to 72 hours plus heat protection up to 450 degrees. It helps reduce and repair split ends while quenching dry hair with intense hydration. You guys know I am frizz central and proud of it and proud of it, but I always need a little frizz help. I mean, seriously, like you should see my hair when I come out of the shower. I trust Way. With my hair because their products actually work. I have been such a longtime fan. And I think the fact that I have been using way since uh, God, I don't know, four or five years really, really is a testament to how good their products work. So I cannot wait to get stuck into this anti-frizz cream. I really think they made it for me. Frizz free up your schedule with Way. Go to T H E O U A I dot com and enter promo code me tanks for 15% off any product. That's T H E O U A I dot promo code me tanks. Hi, guys. Welcome back to the pod. I just wanted to reiterate what I said on Wednesday's show, which is that my heart is with everybody right now. It's an unfathomably dark time. And I'm thinking of you guys I'm thinking of everybody affected. And I'm just praying for, for peace. Uh, no easy transition. So I'm just going to get right into it. I wanted to review Glossy by Marissa Meltzer. I mentioned to you guys that I had read it and I have some thoughts. So for those of you who don't know, Glossy is the story of um Emily Weiss and Glossier and I was very interested to read the book because I kind of grew up in the girl boss era as all millennials did and it was it was such a moment in time if you're a Gen Z you know you're probably young to remember and and it's just different when you're in the working world but we were in our 20s during this era of the girl boss and there was it felt like an exciting time it really did it felt like things were really changing for women it felt inspiring to see so many women start these incredible powerhouse companies it also felt like a lot of pressure just to give it another angle. I don't know if any other millennials felt this, but for me, particularly, I think because I went to Stanford and there's such an emphasis on like, you have to have your own company. And so many of my friends were founders. I just, I felt like, oh damn, like now to be like a successful woman, you have to be a girl boss. You have to start an amazing, like unicorn company. So I've always been super interested in, in that era. I I guess now more looking back on it, I've been super interested in it because you never know, you can never articulate an era when you're in it. When I was in it, I just felt like, oh my God, I'm a member of the wing and I love Glossier and I want to work there and I want to work it away. And I think all these companies are so cool and Reformation and all this stuff, all of these amazing brands. By the way, if you don't know what the wing was, it was a women's only co-working space and it was dope it was so cool by the way i i just want to get this out of the way so i can get my thoughts out clearly but like there have been uh you know accusations against a lot of the female founders and i do want to go into that but i hope that we can all have a conversation about what was actually occurring at the time and then you know I want to look at it from all angles. So, okay, the wing was a co-working space, and it was all pink, you guys. It was there was so many in New York. It was when I was living in New York, and I remember I I like told my parents about it, and I was like, I want to be if want to be like a founding member, I want to get on the wait list. Oh my god, it's going to be amazing! It's going to change the world, and it was I loved it, you guys. Oh my god, it was such a nice place to work, and for me, it was great because I was in grad school, and they had these amazing talks. Like Hillary Clinton came to speak, JLo Lo came to speak, Carrie Washington, incredible women. They had this incredible speaker series and they also had, you know, craft nights and you could have like wine and talk about politics and night. And it was just it was incredible. It really did feel like a sorority for all the women of New York City. And I loved it and it was for me great because I would just go like I wrote my thesis there uh in grad school and I bring my friends I'd take my friend Maddie I remember we would always like go and we'd take out her all together and we'd like work all day it was really funny um and it was great also it was amazing because they were spread out through New York City and it was great just to have a, a safe place to poop you know if you're out and about um you know me that's a big concern so i i absolutely loved it but anyway i kind of got sidetracked but it was like the girl boss era and i want to acknowledge that a lot of the girl bosses that we revered were um white and privileged to varying degrees of privilege um and that obviously gives them a leg up and like i think that's a lot of what the book glossy discusses and it, it's like it's difficult for me because like i totally acknowledge that i totally acknowledge that privilege plays a huge and overpowering role in a lot of the the women that we see you know the when we talk about the girl bosses like i i totally get that and like myself included and i try to say it as often as i can to to remind like i get it like i am i acknowledge my privilege and the role that it's played in any success that i have had and i i do think that's so important but the other side of me is like i don't feel that we force men to acknowledge their privilege as much as we do with women, especially when it comes to founders. I also don't feel that we are as harsh on male founders as we are female founders. I am in no way defending any of the girl bosses who... Did something actually bad. And I don't know the details of all the things because they were basically all canceled for different reasons. And I don't know the details. So I'm not going to speak on those details or defend them. But I know kind of vaguely what happened. And I am feel confident in saying that male founders have done literally 7 million times worse every single fucking day, never answered for it, never got canceled. And that does really anger me, which is why I was so kind of interested to read this book and hear their perspective. And it's an interesting book because you can tell from right from the beginning, and this is kind of like an ongoing theme of the book, that Emily Weiss definitely takes pause about cooperating for the book. Like she doesn't want it to be an expose. She's like kind of a private person and you can tell that she's just reluctant to she feels like she's going to be exposed. And and that's a feeling that I understand because I feel like sometimes you can just tell when someone is like out to get you and you just you just have a feeling like, ooh, like I've definitely had it before where I've been in an interview with someone and I'm just like the way that they're asking questions and the way that they're phrasing things. I'm like, you are looking for something to make me look bad at and, it. And sure enough, that article was just like it was not an article that I thought painted me in a particularly nice light. So I've been there and. I mean, I enjoyed reading the book because it was so reminiscent of the time that I was in when I was in my 20s and and the girl boss era. And it was so interesting to read the details of how Emily created Glossier. And again, I hope that we are all sensible enough and we can separate out like the different parts of this story. And first of all, acknowledge that she really did create like Get Ready With Me. She created that like with Into the Gloss. She was the one who thought, oh, my gosh, like people are really obsessed with other people's products and people are really want to know what cool people put on their faces and people want to know like what models bring back from french pharmacies and she really was the one who understood that that was a huge content moment and I really credit her for that. I credit her for, for basically the, all the get ready with me. It's like, I remember when I was in my 20s, I would read into the gloss, oh my God, I would pour over it. I would like, I was so excited whenever there was a new post because I wanted to just know what everybody put on their face because this was obviously before TikTok. And at the time, people weren't really using Instagram to talk about products. It's not like now, Like for example, now I barely... I, I can't even like brush my teeth without saying, "Hey guys, I'm using Moon because it, like I think it's so good and I wanted to tell you about it." Um, so but back in the day, Instagram was used for really over edited sepia pictures of our vacations and like cringy going out tops that we were wearing. We were not using it to talk about products. So into the Gloss became this hub, and I absolutely loved it, and all my friends did too. I'm sure all the millennials out there, you remember this. So the book is really thorough. And it goes from basically Emily's childhood and into she was like an intern at, you know, Ralph Lauren. And again, i I kind of feel like there was just some aspects of how the her story was told where I was like, huh, I wonder if, um the same would be said about a man like just for example something like she'd be like oh emily's like third grade friend uh mentioned to me that she was really uh like aggressive with her crayons in class or like i'm making that up but kind of little snippets like that where i'm like okay well if the person isn't even going to say their name and you're going to give some vague and they're going to give some vague statement which like the the subtext is that she's bossy or that she's you know really ambitious or whatever like I don't know. That that stuff just really irks me because it it only takes a few of those comments for a woman's image to be altered. And it, it just it, it's like this Cheryl Sandberg thing where she said I want every little girl instead of being told she's bossy to say she has leadership skills. And I just wonder if the ex- if Glossier had been started by a man and it was all about a man and I wonder if those comments wouldn't be like, "Oh, he showed leadership skills from like the time he was in 3rd grade and like he was really ambitious." And like it just is different and I think that we we do need to be so careful when we with the language that we speak about with women because you just have like two of those anecdotes and all of a sudden a woman comes across like a bitch or whatever. So I did take umbrage with that aspect of it. And yeah, there's just a lot about like her character and her appearance and how she comes across. And um, I don't know if you guys remember that she was in, I don't know, was it the hills or? Yeah, it was the hills. Just just a lot of like deep analysis of who she is as a person and like why she got the success that she got. And I hope this, I mean, I guess this is technically a spoiler alert for the end of the book, but it's interesting because Meltzer at the end of the book is kind of like, oh God, like people really just like discredit everything that women founders do. And like, isn't it horrible that we do that? And I'm like, your entire book was kind of just doing that. But I, so that was a little bit of a disconnect for me was the the style in which the book was written and also the um, conclusion. So that was like a little confusing. And what else do I want to say about this? So, okay, then let's talk about why Emily got quote quote canceled. Um a lot of it had to do with the um treatment of people of color in the sense that there were they were grossly um m- uh, underrepresented in terms of shade range. And I don't know. This is also difficult because I feel like when Black Lives Matter happened in 2020, you know, a veil was lifted for many of us about how much injustice and how much racism there is just casually in the world that I am the first to admit I didn't even I wasn't even thinking my eyes weren't open to it in a way that it is now. And so Glossier did have quite a robust response when it came to Black Lives Matter and 2020 and they did make certain Efforts to fix the the issues that they had had about not having fair shade range and hiring more people of color and whatnot. I'm not the one to judge whether they did a good job or not not, because I'm a white person, right? So it's not for me to say. But they did they did try, and I'm like, okay, well, what about the other companies? What about the makeup brands that have been around for even longer? Like, did they address their shade range problems? Did they address their you know the diversity that they have on their C-suite? Did they address how, uh, you know, the models of color that they use in their ads. Like, again, I'm not defending Glossier and it's not for me to judge their response, but I'm just giving you a little bit of context as to why she was. Some people say she wasn't canceled, some people say she was, and they talk about that in the book. Um, but it's interesting. I overall would say that I like felt a little bit uncomfortable at the end because I couldn't tell. I, as I mentioned before, I couldn't tell if Emily had wanted the book to come out. It seems like she really didn't and she was uncomfortable, but she kind of felt like she had to speak to the author because otherwise she was just going to be like totally misrepresented. And, you know, that's, that's really, I, I can't imagine how that would feel to have someone be like writing a book about you and you not knowing if you were going to have your side of the story told, but you're a private person. Everything is complex, right? And I guess like it's a free country. Marissa Meltzer can write books about whoever she wants. And, you know, she did research it very thoroughly and there were parts of it that um, I really did enjoy. And it was very nostalgic, especially the parts about, you know, the the 2010s and into the gloss and whatnot. I would recommend reading it, especially if you're a millennial woman. I think it's very interesting. I think it tracks a lot of um, you know, the our headspace at the time, what we got wrong about the girl boss era. Like I think it kind of does a good job of articulating why why the girl boss thing wasn't sustainable and why it became such a joke and now it's kind of seen as an insult. Whereas before it was like, that's, we were all striving to be girl bosses. And now it's kind of like the butt of a joke. And I think that for me, when I think about why the whole girl boss thing failed is that there was kind of only one type of girl boss, which is white privileged um, thin. And in order for us to really achieve like girl boss status as a, as all women, we need to ensure that there's representation of all types of girl bosses and we need to celebrate. I honestly think that it's possible to take back that word and to give it back its original meaning. But now we know that we have to be more vigilant about having diversity in the girl bosses that we revere. So much has happened. Gosh, you guys, this is so much has happened and in a good way. I mean, it's, it's really, I think like I hadn't reflected on how different life was even just like seven years ago or when i was in my 20s than what it is now and we're making so much progress i know it can feel like progress is slow and again like who am i to measure progress like i am a white woman at the end of the day it's not really for me to say but I do believe in like celebrating the wins and progress. And and I do think that we have made strides. We have so much more to do. And this is partially why I'm talking about it now, because I think it's on all of us to be aware of this. And And you know what, I, I would say I definitely do recommend the book. Like I think it's interesting and I think it adds to the girl boss conversation. I think it adds, if you're interested in feminism or founders or you know how women are treated in the boardroom and how difficult it is to get funding and whatnot, I, I definitely would recommend it. And I'm really interested to hear your guys' takes even though Meltzer kind of, I think a big part of the subtext is like, oh, Emily like only succeeded because she's pretty and privileged. So I'll be interested to see if that was your guys' takeaway, or maybe I was just reading it defensively. I'm I'm not really sure. It's a nuanced t- topic. Uh, So let me know what you guys think. Costa Rica was such a transformative trip for me. You guys, I stayed in an Airbnb with all of my best friends. And as you've been hearing me talk about it on the pod, you know that it was just the best trip of my life. We all stayed in this gorgeous Airbnb. It overlooked the ocean. It was in the mountains and it was actually big enough to hold all 10 of us. I am obsessed with Airbnb as a Side hustle because you can just be helping to pay for your vacation while you're literally on your vacation. While you're away, your home could be an Airbnb. Many people host on Airbnb, but there are many people who've never thought about it or didn't realize their space could even be an Airbnb. Hosting can easily fit into your lifestyle and is a great way to earn some extra money. So if you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. So I have three best friends getting married this year and they are all telling me constantly how much work it is. I mean, it is a serious undergoing to plan a wedding. It can be very stressful. There's so many elements and you want to try and enjoy yourself. With Zola, you can plan your entire wedding in one convenient place. From free planning tools like a customizable checklist and website to a venue and vendor discovery tool that matches with your dream team. Everything on Zola is designed to make your wedding journey as easy as possible. So I know that a couple of my friends are actually using Zola this year and I know that because I've spoken to them about it and they've said how easy it is and how it's all streamlined and in one place. And I've even bought gifts off of Zola wedding registries, and I love that. The Virgo in me is obsessed with all the lists and how organized it is. Chef's kiss, Zola. Start planning at Zola.com. That's Z-O-L-A.com. Rich, full love exists within all of us. We all contain multitudes and layers of beautiful love, and wearing a locket can help symbolize that. Pandora is bringing back a beloved and iconic piece of jewelry, the locket. No matter what you choose to keep inside it, you can always keep it close to your heart. Plus, inside the Locket is the engraved message, Today, Tomorrow, Always, to remind you that love is in everything you do. The back is blank for your own engraving. Pandora's new infinity chain design also makes the perfect partner for the new Locket dangle charms. Each link on the chain is shaped like a slightly twisted infinity loop, symbolizing everlasting love. Don't forget, Pandora offers so much more than just charms. You can shop rings, necklaces, earrings, and bracelets too. At Pandora, you'll find jewelry perfect for any style with each piece expertly crafted and hand-finished in genuine metals. Shop now at a store near you or online at pandora.net. So I have been obsessed with Osea for a while, basically since I moved to LA and I got introduced to the family and I got introduced to all the products. I love the story behind it because it makes it feel really authentic. You can tell that there's so much love in every product and I just love that I can trust absolutely everything that they put out because if you're going to slather something all over your body, you want it to be clinically proven you want it to be all the things so clean vegan etc and from the earth i just love that every product is infused with products from straight from the earth and the ocean because it makes me feel like a mermaid Glow from the inside out with clean vegan skincare and body care from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site wide with code TINKS at OseaMalibu.com. You'll get free samples with every order and free shipping on orders over $60. Head to OseaMalibu.com and use code TINKS for 10% off. What is liquid death? Well, it may look like a beer or some crazy energy drink but it's not. You guys, I am obsessed with Liquid Death. I'm actually so excited to be talking about it because you know I'm very anti-plastic and it freaks me out to drink water in plastic. So Liquid Death is what I stock in my house and I just feel so good about it. Also, I cannot lie, I actually feel really cool when I'm holding the cans because they look really cool. I just love that it's in aluminum. It tastes really good. The water tastes really clean and good to me. And I just love that it hasn't been sitting in plastic all day, literally obsessed with Liquid Death. You can get free shipping of Liquid Death's Mountain Water, flavored sparkling and iced tea 8 packs with Amazon Prime or grab a can or a case at your local 7-Eleven, Target, Walmart, Whole Foods or on Instacart. Go to liquiddeath.com/tinks to check out all their healthy, infinitely recyclable beverages and find your closest retailer. That's liquiddeath.com/tinks, liquiddeath.com/tinks. So for the second part of the episode, I just wanted to touch on toxic relationships. I've been thinking about them a lot because we had a couple callers this week uh who were mentioning it and then on the week before we had one of the calls was a follow-up about a toxic relationship on a previous episode. And I something really struck me with our caller this week. She was saying I am a really confident person and I am really independent and I don't know how this happened. And all of a sudden I looked up and I was in a toxic relationship. And I also just want to preface this by saying I, too, believe that the word toxic is super overused. And I think that it's lost a lot of its meaning because of TikTok, because people just think that any ex-boyfriend that they don't like is toxic, which isn't, I don't think, true. And look, it pains me to say it, but men and women can both be toxic. And usually, actually, I find that the word is most accurately used when you're saying it's a toxic relationship. And I feel like most of the time it's both people. Like if one person, yes, one person, of course, can be toxic and that they're just a toxic person who spreads that wherever they go and in whatever relationship that they're in. But what I want to talk about specifically today is when it's kind of both sided. And sometimes you don't even know that you're in it because you don't consider yourself to be a person who would ever fall prey to that. You don't consider your own behavior toxic. You can't even recognize it. But then all of a sudden, right as our, like, just like our caller said, you look up and you're like, wait, what the fuck? I'm in this really toxic dynamic that I can't break out of and I don't know what to do. I think that true toxicity is. Poisonous. And here's the thing it can affect anyone. It doesn't matter if you're the most confident, most smart, most independent, have amazing friends, have had normal relationships before. It just comes out of nowhere. Right. I think a big element of toxic relationships is repeating the same patterns of behavior over and over again. And this can be one sided or it can be on both ends. But have you guys ever had that where you are in a relationship where you know, there's this dynamic that sort of occurs out of nowhere. And all of a sudden you're like, wait, this is like the fourth time that we've done this. Let me give you an example. I'm making this up. Say you have like a huge blowout fight, like scorched earth fight, and then you don't speak to each other for a week. And then you fuck with each other on Instagram, like mute each other, block each other, do that. And then On the third day after that, you guys get back together and have like crazy makeup sex. And like you do that four times in a row. Like to me, that is what I would consider a toxic relationship or toxic dynamic because it is like a behavior pattern that you become addicted to and that it's a very hard cycle to break. And we would have to ask a psychologist why that happens and why it occurs. But all I know is I've been in it and a lot of you have been in it. And I it's just really scary because like our caller this week i consider myself to be someone who is pretty confident and pretty self-aware but it happens in the blink of an eye it really really does i think a lot of it stems from um how you fight with each other and that is why i'm always banging on and on about why it's so important to fight well and if you haven't heard me speak about this before It's essentially the concept that, look, everybody fights. Every relationship has arguments. Obviously, it shouldn't be all the time, but fighting is normal. They say only fight with the people you love. I believe that. But something that I always look for in my personal relationships with my boyfriend is that we fight well. Namely, we don't give each other the silent treatment. Namely, we don't say really mean things in fights. We are solution-oriented. Like, I'm very of the belief that... It's better to be happy than right. I at the end of the day, like I will always speak my mind in a fight, but I always prefer to find a solution. And I'm kind of like a don't go to bed angry person either because I just I don't like to leave things on a bad note. You never know. Like life is so short and precious. And I don't like that. But I'm not afraid of fighting either. I'm not afraid of like saying what I what I feel. I am going to be so honest with you guys. I'm I actually feel that I have been toxic in past relationships when it comes to fighting. And like I said, I think that fighting in a toxic way is a is a key gateway to creating a toxic dynamic that like spins out of control. I'll tell you what I used to do. Okay, so I used to use the silent treatment to I'm thinking of one boyfriend in particular, I would use the silent treatment or I would use crying to manipulate him. And that is toxic. Okay. That is toxic. And we got into a bad dynamic really quickly where I, if we were in a fight, I would just like give him the silent treatment and guys, I'm a Virgo. I need you to know I am like actually scarily good at giving people the silent treatment. Like I will stop speaking to someone and I I don't care. Like I can go for forever. Like I am very, very like that. But that's fucking toxic, okay? And it's also toxic to force yourself to cry when you feel like you need to have the upper hand. And look, one time here and there, a little crying to manipulate your boyfriend is fine. One random silent treatment for the afternoon, fine. I am talking about a pattern. And it got to a point where, It was, we didn't even date for that long. And like by the fifth time I was like, wait, am I, is it me? Am I the drama? You know, that TikTok sound. And that is not good. Okay. That is not good to have those toxic behavior patterns because it's all you do is repeat the cycle over and over again. It, and you get addicted to it because you feel like it's like, you feel like you're resolving things, but you're not, you're just repeating the cycle over and over and over again. Another example of this, like, let me give an I'm uh, um, an example from you guys. This is like a common one that we get on the show a lot, or you write in, and it's like a guy. Say you're dating a guy, and you'll get like really, really insecure. You'll get a, a feeling of insecurity about is he cheating? Is he texting other girls? Is he in other girls' DMs? Whatever, whatever. You'll have a big blow up fight, and then he'll make you feel like gaslight. you he'll be like, No, you're crazy. Like, you're so crazy. You're so crazy. And then. You're like, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. And he kind of like brings you back down after the fight, you know, gives you a lot of attention. And then the whole cycle starts over and over again. And like, look, does it matter if he's actually cheating? Of course. But it's not good if this is just a cycle of behavior either, right? Because you feel crazy half the time and then half the time you're making up. And life should not – your relationship should not be about cycles of um, who's in control and what, where the power structure is and you feeling insecure and you not feeling insecure. I would say that is one of the most key and common toxic dynamics in modern day relationships is someone feeling insecure about social media, digital cheating, that kind of thing, blow up fight and then, and then uh, resolution and then do it all over again. Here's the kicker. You should not be feeling insecure in your relationship for half the time. Like you're not crazy and don't allow yourself to be manipulated into thinking that you're crazy because that is toxicity. Obviously, there's a million different examples of toxic relationships and how they can occur. But I guess this is just my plea to be vigilant if you have any recurring patterns in your relationship or if you feel like, It's a toxic dynamic. So let me give you, sorry, like one more example would be your situationship. And then you kind of quote break up and then you get back together and then you not getting what you need. So you break up and then you get back together and he's not getting what you need and you break up like that too is a toxic dynamic because it's addictive. Repeating the same pattern is actually, okay, I'm not a psychologist, but I something did just come to mind, which is that I've definitely read that our brains are always seeking to repeat patterns because that is how we as humans are. That's why it's so hard to break bad habits. So. It makes sense that we're like, oh, we've done this this whole thing before. Like, it's actually comforting. It's actually a sense of control for us because we know what's going to happen. Yeah, you might be in pain for half of the toxic cycle, but in your brain, your brain is like, but we know we're going to get back together after this part. We're going to get back together, and that is the key thing. Well, I'm basically a psychologist at this point, so my plea to you is: if you're in one of these situations, don't. Tell yourself that it's normal to feel bad half the time. And by the way, me, I keep trying to wrap up and then I'm like, wait a second. And by the way, you can also be trapped in a toxic friendship. I feel like that honestly deserves its whole own episode, but you can be like constantly abused by a toxic friend and be caught in that pattern. I almost feel like it's harder to, to identify when it's a friend because you're like, but this is my girlfriend. Like she should be having my back. A toxic relationship or a toxic pattern with a girlfriend could look like every time you go to dinner she talks about herself trauma dumps for two hours and then at the end you're paying the check she's like so what's new with you and you're like um i got a promotion and she's like oh that's nice okay we'll see you next time and then you you you're like damn like I don't feel good about myself after that dinner. It's a battery's not included friend. But then in two weeks she calls you. She's sobbing. I need you. I need you. To, I need you to take. I need to go to dinner. I need to spend time with you. I need you. I need you. I need you. So you say okay because you're a good friend. Whole cycle repeats again. Toxic dynamics. So be vigilant. It can happen to anybody. <laughs> it's happened to me multiple times and you never know. You might be the toxic one too, as I was. So good to be self-aware in that too. But I hope that that was helpful. And I hope it encouraged you to take a look at your relationships in your life. Okay, guys, I will be back here on Monday. I am thinking of everybody and as always praying for peace and just giving you all a big virtual hug. I love you so much. I'll talk to you on Monday. Bye.